You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. We have a very special announcement. We're going to be doing our first live podcast at a rather fine arts festival in Butler, Pennsylvania on October 13th. Yeah. So if you are anywhere near Western Pennsylvania or, you know, you're just looking to take a road trip, Join us there. Yeah, it's going to be a two-day festival on the 13th and 14th. Uh, the 13th will have a lot of different things happening. There's going to be art and comedy and music and food trucks and all that kind of stuff. And then Saturday, we'll have a whole day of podcasts from 12 to 8 o'clock, from noon to 8 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be going live at 2 p.m. Us, yeah, Election College. And then, of course, you know, there's stuff all around town happening. So this is at Reclamation Brewing Company in Butler, Pennsylvania. Free admission for the podcast part of the day. And we encourage you all to make the trip if you have the opportunity. I wonder what would happen if you took some of the food and, like, just spread it on the canvas and then use hey, it. Maybe we'll plate. find out. It's better than eating paint. I know that. <laughs> we'll see you on October 13th and 14th. Election College, episode 226, Abraham Lincoln, part one. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now... Your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Ben, it's finally time to talk about Abraham Lincoln. And this is going to take a long, 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 long time. So just sit right back. No, don't sit back. Sit on the edge of your seat because this is going to run more than just two parts because there's a lot to say about this guy. Yeah, and not only is there a lot to say, which is, you know, obvious, but it's also everybody's favorite president, or maybe it's not really everybody's favorite president, but it certainly seems like it when you have discussions in popular culture. So we're going to try and do as much justice as we can to the topic, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of things we forget and get wrong, just like normal, but, you know, just go along with it. Nobody nobody will know. It's history. I mean, come on. Right. So <laughs> getting into it, I think. You ready? Yeah, let's get ready to dive. Let's do it. Okay. So, on February the 12th, 1809, Abraham Lincoln is born. He is the second child to Thomas and Nancy Hanks Lincoln. And if you know anything about history, you're going to know this, right? 
that he was born in a one-room log cabin in Kentucky. And that's exactly what happened (laughs) in 1809. And his dad had a farm called Sinking Spring Farm. And that's near present-day Hodgenville, Kentucky, which is kind of still not the center of the universe. (laughs) It's a little bit south of Louisville, kind of on the way to Mammoth Cave, if you're ever down that way, but or up that way or over that way, depending on where you're geographically located. But his ancestors included Samuel Lincoln, who was from England, and Hingham, Massachusetts is named after the place where Samuel Lincoln was from, Hingham, Norfolk. Yeah, and that's all the way back in the early 1600s. A little more like recent, even though it's still not very recent, (laughs) uh, is Captain Abraham Lincoln. And that is Abraham Lincoln's grandfather. So a lot of people uh, find it interesting. He was not the first Abraham Lincoln of notoriety. And uh, he was a captain in the Revolutionary War and was actually... Uh, killed when a Native American uh, ambushed him on his farm and uh, killed him. And uh, one of his sons, who would have been Abraham Lincoln's uncle, uh, his name was Mordecai, killed the Indian uh, in return for killing uh, his father. So Abraham Lincoln's father saw that and would tell that story very often. And, you know, that's one of the things that Abraham Lincoln talked about. I'm saying Abraham Lincoln a lot. Can we come up with a nickname for him yet? Just Abe? Yeah, we got to do something better than that. I mean... Nobody else calls Andy Jack Andy Jack except for us. Well, now everyone does, so. A-Link. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll, I'm sure we'll get it refined here as we go. But uh, the President Lincoln, uh, he told that story as he went on and said it was like one of the most poignant memories of hearing his father tell that story, which was one of his father's most poignant memories because, you know, he was a young kid seeing his father killed and then seeing his brother kill a Native American, so... Anyway, you can kind of imagine that that kind of sets a tone for the family uh, as they go along. After Thomas's dad is murdered, they venture over to Hardin County, Kentucky, which here's another claim to fame for Hardin County. That's where Elizabethtown, Kentucky is. And remember that movie, Elizabethtown? Mm-hmm. That's Hardin County. So Abe's mom, Nancy, was known as Nancy Hanks before she got married. And there is some debate. Uh, whether or not she was born out of wedlock. They can't confirm or deny that, but her history comes from Virginia. So that's pretty much all we know about her. The Lincolns got married in 1806 in Washington County and moved to Elizabethtown following their marriage. Now, Abe had an older sister named Sarah who was born just about two years almost to the day she was born on February 10th, 1807. And then Abe did have a younger brother named Thomas who died while in infancy. Yeah. So Thomas, which is Abe's dad, uh, I know we've said that before, but he leased and bought a couple different farms in Kentucky, but there were a lot of different land disputes. And uh, part of the reason the family moved, they, they ended up moving to Knob Creek farm and then, uh, a little while later, they ended up moving to Indiana. Uh, they moved partially because like, there was not a good system for keeping track of deeds and uh, stuff like that and titles of land in that area, in Kentucky in general. So they got frustrated and 
uh, ended up having to go to court and losing a bunch of land. He had bought like over 800 acres and he lost all but 200 of them. Uh, so there's just like a lot of frustration happening. And whether it was, I, I don't know, I wasn't there, if it was accurate or not, he had said, you know, we're going to move to Indiana. Uh, they've got all this more reliable technology for land surveying and all that kind of stuff. And we can make sure we keep our land. And also, hey, it's a, you know, it's a free state. They don't have any slaves there. And that would be a story Abraham Lincoln would tell in future years that, you know, we did move partly on account of slavery, but mainly because we couldn't manage to keep our land in our name uh, due to the system of keeping records. So uh, at least it was a little bit of an idea there at the beginning. Yeah, it's fascinating about this whole time period, because think about it, Indiana, I think, became a state in 1816, uh, somewhere around there. And Kentucky had been a state all the way from the 1790s and would have been before that had it not been for the crazy articles of confederation and some confusion there about how to admit states. Anyway, um, Indiana was part of the Northwest Territory. So if you look at the Northwest Territory, which is Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, and so on, you're going to see that everything is squared off. Counties tend to look like blocks. Roads look like squares as far as they're on a grid, not that they look like squares. They're a road, but you know what I mean? So everything in the Northwest Territory operated on these township systems where it was, you know, kind of made sense. Whereas Kentucky and Virginia and some of the old way of having things laid out didn't really make sense. It was kind of according to, well, there's a, uh, a pole over there and there's a ditch and there's a, um, a puddle. So that's going to determine the property lines and so on. Whereas the Northwest Territory was scientific. That was free, Ben. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It's really interesting. I, I like listening to the podcast 99% Invisible, and occasionally they'll have episodes on like uh, city grids and how cities are, uh, cities or entire areas are, are gridded off and how they're created in certain orders and stuff like that. I find that really interesting. Other people would probably fall asleep, but uh, you know, there's something for everybody there. Yeah. And one other thing about the Kentucky thing, Knob Creek, if that sounds familiar, yeah, that's bourbon country. So. Yeah, definitely. Not going to talk too much about that, but. Just so you know, yeah, you can do the bourbon trail while visiting Lincoln's birthplace. So they're separate Baptists, which it's a whole different breed of Baptist. And, you know, we could go into the discussion of how denominations are formed and stuff like that. But they're opposed to, you know, drinking. They're opposed to dancing. They're opposed to slavery, which those things don't seem to go together in my mind. But, hey, um, sure. Uh, they're very restrictive in their moral standards. And uh, that's just the way that. Abe was raised as a, you know, in that line of thinking, in that line of religious uh, practice. Uh, so a little while later, Nancy Lincoln dies of milk sickness, and uh, it's Abraham's mother. And milk sickness is like this weird disease, this weird sickness um, where they, where, where people eat animals that ingest a certain type of plant. Uh, so like, not only does this animal have to eat a certain type of plant, but you also have to eat that animal. And then it causes a lot of, you know, bad stuff to happen inside of you. A lot of trembling and vomiting, stuff like that. So this not only took 
Abraham Lincoln's mother, but it also was very prevalent in that area at the time. And many different individuals were scared of it, and they would actually um, move to different states. And later on, we'll see Lincoln's family do that. But anyway, so Abraham Lincoln's mother dies. That leaves his sister kind of as the the lady of the house at the time. She's only uh, about 11 years old. And so a few years later, actually about a year later, uh, Abraham Lincoln's father marries Sarah Sally Bush Johnson. And she's from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, has a couple kids of her own. And Abe takes up calling her mother because, you know, she was his mom then. Like a lot of families in the 1800s, they were quite familiar with grief and the loss of family members. And when Abe is a teenager, his sister, Sarah, passes away. Uh, She was giving birth to a stillborn son. So that's just a double tragedy there. Uh, He's quite distraught uh, over that. And um, life was not easy for young Abraham Lincoln. He did not like hard labor, and that's pretty much what you did when you lived in the Midwest at this time in history. This was the frontier. And his neighbors, his family, they were like, Abe is a lazy dude because all he does is read, scribble, write, cipher, and write poetry. And he probably did it because he didn't want to work. And his mom, or his stepmom, but who he called mother, was like, yep, he, uh, the boy didn't like to work. He didn't like to do the physical stuff, but he loved to read. So Lincoln pretty much homeschooled himself. Uh, he did have some itinerant teachers come uh, through town and taught. So a lot of the people who knew the Lincolns knew that Abe would read, reread, and be very familiar with uh, texts like the King James Bible and Aesop's Fables and Pilgrim's Progress, all these literary works that would have quite the impact on his life. Uh, even as president, you'll hear him quoting from some of these stories. Yeah, and as he gets older, I mean, we don't want to make it sound like he's lazy because he wasn't lazy that we can tell, but he certainly didn't like to do the things that you know people then would have thought of as lazy but as he gets a little older he gets into his teen years uh he really starts picking up kind of the responsibility for a lot of the chores in the household and um you know anytime he would go out and work uh, it was pretty much uh not a custom as much but a kind of an obligation that i'm living under my dad's roof therefore anything i earn he's gonna get so until he's 21 years old he does that and so he's out working and uh you know he that's we see him kind of become familiar with using an axe and there's a lot of lore around this, both, uh, fiction and nonfiction. Uh, but you know, he's a, he's a pretty athletic and strong guy. He just much prefers using his, his brain over his back. And, uh, so that kind of goes on for a little while, but goes back to this milk sickness thing we talked about a minute ago, uh, in, in 1830, uh, a lot of people from the Lincoln family are afraid of giving milk sickness, which is kind of breaking out. And there must have been a lot of cows eating that plant that they shouldn't have been eating. But they move. 
and the family moves to Illinois, and Abraham Lincoln and his dad kind of not really have a falling out, but they just kind of get a little more distance. It's a different relationship than it was previously. Yeah, so Lincoln sets out, and he travels down the Sagamon River and ends up in New Salem, Illinois. And a merchant in New Salem hires Abe and some of his friends to take products from New Salem to New Orleans, of course, on a flatboat, uh, going down the river, down the Mississippi River, and down to Louisiana. And this is where Abe sees slavery really for the first time in his life. And it has quite the impact on him. He goes back to New Salem and remains there for six more years. So uh, there's a little story. Lincoln gets interested in a woman named Anne Rutledge. And apparently he had met her when he moved there to New Salem, like Jason just said. And they were kind of, you know, in a serious-ish relationship. Is serious-ish a word? It is now. They were kind of in a serious-ish relationship, but, you know, never really did get engaged or move towards marriage. Uh, she ended up dying uh, a little while after that um, from typhoid fever, they think. So, you know, another, you know, I'm sure, grieving moment for him. And then they, it moves on, and he meets a woman named Mary Owens, who was from Kentucky, and she was there visiting her sister. So in... 1836, about a year after his previous, uh, I guess you could say girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know if they call each other boyfriend and girlfriend in the 1830s. But at any rate, his girlfriend had passed away about a year before. He meets Mary and he agrees that if she comes back to New Salem, they can, you know, they can go out. And Mary's like, nah, uh, I, I don't know. Okay, okay, I'll come. Uh, I know you'll probably be the president someday, so I'll come and we'll date. And then she moves there and they're like, this just isn't working. Abe's like, hey, Mary, look, here's a letter I'm going to write you. If if you want to end the relationship, that's fine. I'm fine with it, which is kind of weird to, you know, like, mm -hmm. hey, if, if you don't want to end this, that's fine. And so she just never writes him back. And, you know, that's the end of things there. Man, it's like, uh, do you love me? Check yes or no. <laughs> and there's just no check. Yeah, no anything. check either way. <laughs> so... Uh, we'll get into a little bit of the courtship between Mary Todd and Abraham Lincoln when we talk about Mary Todd, but in a later episode. But that's like way far off, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, because there's a lot to be said about Abe. Man, we need to come up with a nickname for him. <laughs> so a couple of years after this whole deal with Mary Owens, just it just kind of ends without a bow and a ribbon tied around that box. Uh, Lincoln becomes engaged to Mary Todd. And what you need to know about the Todd family is that they are wealthy slaveholders who are from Lexington, Kentucky. Mary's out in Springfield, Illinois, living with her sister, hanging out. And they could probably make a musical about that. And she meets Abraham in December of 1839. And by the next year, they're engaged. And by January of 1841, they break off their engagement because Lincoln's like, meh, I don't really want to marry you, but 
whatever. <laughs> so like all good breakup stories, well, not all, but the best breakup stories, uh, they meet at a party again and they get married in November of 1842. And they get married at Mary's sister's house there in Springfield. And it's kind of worth noting that while they're getting ready for um, marriage, uh, somebody asks Lincoln, hey, where are you going, dude? And he says, to hell, I suppose. That's not a good sign for your upcoming marriage, but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So in 1844, um, a couple years after they're married, they buy a house in Springfield, and Mary is like, yeah, I'm going to take good care of this place, take good care of my man, and oh, yeah, I'm going to get some help. Yeah. So we've skipped ahead a little bit here, and of course we told you this was going to be a few episodes long, but we don't want to keep you longer for this episode. So when we come back, we'll pick up on Lincoln's early career, what he started out doing, a little bit more about his family life, and working as a uh, militiaman. But in the meantime, between this episode and the next one, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a review over on iTunes. It just takes a few seconds, probably like you know, 94.2 or something seconds. And you can leave us a review, tell us and other people why they should listen to Election College. It really helps us out. We appreciate it. And uh, you know the drill. We'll do a happy dance. Yeah. And interact with us, of course, on social media. We have heard from several people on social media this past week of people who have just sat down, maybe not sat down, but they got on their favorite podcast player and they downloaded every single episode of Election College and listened to it, which blows my mind. What are you people, crazy? <laughs> I guess so. If you're listening at this point in the show, you are crazy. So welcome to the club. Um, but yeah, interact with us over on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Election College. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.